Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Miss Marvel, Episode 4. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, we're going to be talking about Miss Marvel episode four, Seeing Red, which is live on Disney Plus right now. So go and watch it because we're going to spoil the heck out of it. But brief Uh. bit of recap after the cliffhanger of the last episode where Kamala had a vision of Karachi. She heads there with her mom. We finally meet her Nani in person. No FaceTime necessary here. And over the course Uh, of the episode, she bonds with her cousins a little bit. She meets the Red Dagger, a new hero who operates in Karachi, as well as his friends. Eats some delicious biryani in a bag. I was very excited about that. And uh, by the end of the episode, once again, clashes with the clan Destine, and ends up seemingly back in the past around the time of partition. And that's oh, where really? we leave her at the end there. Now, Justin, before we went on, you were about to say, you said this episode, dot, dot, dot. So good, yeah. bad, somewhere in between. Well, What's going on? I mean, I actually liked it. It almost like uh, lives like a, a travel show, like a travelogue of Kamala just like going to Karachi and like seeing and doing stuff. But from a plot, like an MCU plot perspective, I was like, oh, you're dealing with a train vision? That's what you did at the end of the last episode. Uh, you're just there now as opposed Wait. to just – so I'm just saying, just Pete, before I, know you, well, I know you're mad immediately somehow. But um, <laughs> the, it, it, it struck me as this episode was like a lot of great sort of wallpaper and interesting stuff. Oh, Hold on. Can I jump in here before God. Pete says what he wants to say? If something's fun, just have fun with it and don't give any comments, okay? Just like don't say anything. And if we could have like half an hour of just pleased looking at each other, I think that would be the way to tape this podcast. Is that what you're about to say, Pete? <laughs> Thank wow. you, Alex. Thank you very much. Um, first off, we're way ahead of ourselves. We really need to back up the truck here and talk Don't about one it. of the great. Don't you just back up the truck? We just parked. We just parked the truck, Pete. We parked the truck. Backing it up, like be thematically on uh, point. Yeah, two, two. If you're going to mention the Marvel flip, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, it was unbelievable. Maybe <laughs> one of the top five of all Marvel flips. Hey, oh, you like the Marvel one? flip now? What are you doing? Who are you? This, I mean, just like the music, the tone of it really set up these cool, like, travel vibes. Like, we're on this cool, we're, we get to go to Karachi, too. And listen, and, uh, Justin, as far as, like, plot goes, yeah, like, we got to see one of the most amazing chase sequences. It was just so cool. much fun. And if we didn't kind of enjoy Karachi first, we wouldn't have enjoyed the chase scene as much. Pete, do you so, feel like Justin's being a little too Karachi? 
this episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself for that? I'm so proud of myself. Here's, no, here's what I was uh, wrestling with a little bit while I was watching this show. And I'm going to frame this up and we're three white guys, right? I think that's oh, fair to put ouch. out there. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, I was – this – show is very clearly digging in, as we've talked about before, on representation, on Pakistani representation, on delving yep. into, and, the, and it looks like they're going to do it even more in the next episode, talking about the partition, which is a period that, frankly, I think a lot of American viewers probably don't know anything about, but is 100%. enormous in India and Pakistan and the whole period. Um, so... Uh, one thing that I was thinking about a lot in this show, not to pit one show against the other, and this is not what I'm doing, but just in terms of comparison, with Moon Knight, we got a lot of talk about how important Egyptian representation was. Don't uh, Egyptian representation was to the creators of the show. That was something they really doubled down on, leading to the creation of. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her superhero name because it didn't make any sense. Red Scarab, if I there remember you correctly. go. Uh, Red Scarab. Uh, but just in terms of her character and showing Egypt in a very different way than we've seen in TV and movies. But at the same time, the way that I think they used that there, other than that moment where she was asked if she was an Egyptian superhero and she said yes, was mostly as a backdrop for the adventures of Stephen Knight and uh, Stephen Knight, uh, Stephen Grant and <laughs> Mark Spector. It's been a while since that show has been on, guys. It's been at least not, six not technically, at buddy. Nope. I hate to tell you, has actually been that long. <laughs> anyway, my point is like they used it a little bit more as backdrop there, and that's one way of providing representation. Miss Marvel is going in a very different way, and it's really diving down into positively showing Pakistani representation, showing Muslim American representation in previous episodes. Here we're getting specifically Pakistan. Next episode, we're showing off the partition. And presumably from the Muslim Pakistani perspective is something that we're going to see there. So this is a very different perspective on it. So I think I I understand what you're saying in essence, Justin, because there are points where I'm like, wow, we're getting another montage of her going to a market. But also yeah. the large majority of America never gets to see that, you know, so we are yeah. seeing that through Kamala's eyes. This is also the first time she is in Pakistan. So she's experiencing these things. And what started to become very clear to me by the end of this episode, though I think, frankly, it's been very clear over the course of the series, is what she as a character is dealing with. She's dealing with her heritage, not just she is starting off at a place where she idolizes Carol Danvers, the ultimate blonde white lady, and she's coming around to understanding her heritage and how that's going to form her as her own superhero. So I think that's the whole idea of the show. That's why they're spending so much time on these part of these things. But I will add, uh, from what you're saying, from the perspective of watching a TV show, there is a little bit of a total whiplash between what's going on with Kamala in terms of her superhero training and everything that's going on with the mythology there in terms of the Nora dimension and all of these other things, as well as like the family drama that we're getting with, say, her mom massaging her mom's leg, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and like, because I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like, and I'm not here to uh, like criticize what it is, because I really like these parts, and I think they are establishing some real thematic things. Her becoming um, sort of this uh, a version of herself that absorbs all of this um, history in her life and her heritage, whether wherever it ends up uh, taking her. I think we're going to find out that next episode. The thematic of uh, generational, like how her mom is sort of giving uh, Kamala a hard time at the same time that um, her mom gave her a hard time. Like, there's there's a, there's a lot of, like, these sort of themes running through. But my – just from a story perspective, like, we're not – I, I want to hear – I want to hear Kamala's take on it. Or I want to, like – it feels like it's just a wash. And I want to – I think you could do both at the same time mm-hmm. and sort of bring us those emotional moments because it's mostly just her being like, um, what is this? What is this? What is this? Or, like, this is cool. And I, I want to feel the emotional weight of that a little bit for her because she's she's our character. We all fall in love with her in this series. And then this episode, it does feel like we're just sort of watching her um, at a distance. Well, I it's, think it's, oh, it's ahead, a Pete, little sorry. bit of like we're experiencing this as she's experiencing it. And it's also so new and everything's happening so fast that like the the stuff of like her kind of finding out like having a moment with the red daggers and kind of being understanding of, you know, like, Hey, this is what's going on. And you think you thought maps were cool. Well, fucking guess what? I'm going to show you maps that you, you don't even thought about before. So like, yeah, let's just show you before I go any further on this podcast, maps are cool. We've well, always yeah. said that. Uh, uh, yeah, we we treasure maps. Regular. We've always maps. taken that stance. I, I'm never going to change that stance. But I the think song it's just maps. What, um, yeah, yeah, great. All maps are great. When we well, first po- started the podcast, we talked about calling it Maple Vision, right? Yep. Nope. <laughs> That's exactly no, right. No, we didn't. No. Okay. So, anyways, uh, I think it was one of those things where. Uh, you know, you might, you know, because you love to get inside the characters that you want to feel things you want to kind of like know what's going on. But I like the fact that we're both on the outside and also because she's kind of, you know, hasn't had time to kind of feel anything that we're having these kind of like fast, slow moments or kind of like uh, slowly piecing things together. Uh, I think it's very interesting. And, you know, uh, and there's there's just like. It's a lot. So I think they're being smart with how they're kind of doing stuff because they are trying to tackle a lot. And, uh, you know, I think if you could kind of like quiet it down, like what you what you're putting on the show or what well, you want on. the show. Uh, to let, be, let me I totally enjoy understand what, what it's giving you. <laughs> let me, I understand I, what you're saying. Pete. I don't think the criticism of like, don't criticize a thing is fair to do at all, because, of course, you can. <laughs> and that's the thing that I, I, I like to like about it. First. I'm not saying you can't criticize. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Is I think there's ways of talking about this in terms of what it is doing visually what it is doing positively for representation, but also talking about it structurally as a TV show. And I don't think that takes away one from the other. The other thing that I wanted to throw out there, just a more global sense that I do think the reason they are trying to do this, um, and I'm sure this is obvious to most people, but the large majority of people, sorry, there are a lot of people out there that look at Indian people, Pakistani people, other countries in that area and go brown person. And that's what? all it is like. That's legitimately right. what they do. And then beyond that, there's also a, a large section of people that look at it as like brown person, bad. They terrorist, right. you know, and that's all they do. So it is important to not to be like. 
yay, happy all the time, but to present this stuff on TV, particularly because it's the first time you're having it in a Marvel TV show, which is the broadest spectrum pop culture thing that you can do right now to simply present the thing and show it to people. And I think part of the reason for that is if you, you know, brought it out from like the people who are awful to the people who like at least have 10% of their mind open to these sort of things. I always think back to an experience in college where I grew up in New York. Well, I grew up on Long Island. I went to New York frequently, uh, you know, so like we had plenty of stuff and plenty of experience with lots of different people. That was not weird to me. When I went to college, one of my good friends sophomore year had never met a Jewish person before me. And had, I very specifically was bowled over by hearing that she never had sushi and didn't know what it is. And when we took her out to sushi, she was like, I don't know what this is. This is too much for me. I got to back off. I got to take a little break here. So I do think there's a sense from a lot of people, honestly, like we have all lived in New York. So like we have experience with different cultures. The large majority of the country does not. This is the first time they are having Pakistani culture come into their living rooms. So to simply be like, this is what this is, and here this is, and this is what a neighborhood looks like, and oh, that is like old people in Florida. Do you get it? I think there is a certain utility there. Even though I framed this up, this whole discussion is like, we're three white guys talking about it. We're also three white guys, like I said, who live the majority of our lives in New York, so have experienced a lot of cultures, so this is not quite the big deal it is for other people. And like I, I do think the specificity that this show uh, like leans toward and like takes the time to really get into like the the panty puri and like all the different dishes we're getting and um, all that like we're that's why I said like in not in a, in a criticism like it felt like a travel show because mm-hmm. it is exploring this culture and I will say in the first two episodes they sort of do that treatment for New Jersey as well it's like very <laughs> Jersey specific and like that's great. Um, but I do think what uh, Pete was saying, like this show tries to tackle a lot. And I think it's something that a lot of Marvel shows do where I'm just like, don't you don't need to tackle everything like <laughs> you, you don't need to do all this all the time. Like we have like, for instance, uh, Nakia, uh, we had a big confrontation at the end of last episode. She has a little dream or she's stressed about Nakia, but it doesn't fit into this story right now. And like, I'm mm-hmm. sure it will come back later, but it's just a, a common thing in all the Marvel shows where it's like. I want to enjoy this, but like you put so much stuff on the table. I'm worried about all this other stuff you're not talking about right now. Well, I, I know think, you're going to get back to it. Like we're talking about here, I always think, and this isn't necessarily just about representation, but when it is your first time to say a thing, whether it's writing a thing, you know, writing a story or writing a TV show or whatever, there is this tendency to be like, this might also be my last time. So let's get yeah. everything in there. And I, I think that's potentially oh, yeah. what you're feeling. Um, and I treat every other- podcast we do like it's the very last one. Oh, man. I, really, I, I wish that. you would stop. Totally. Because the goodbyes are awkward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you think it's awkward when I say I love you so much? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss you? You think I might say you, miss you every day? <laughs> well, I'll tell you just what to, wasn't. Just to wrap this up, sorry, to, so we can move on to some of the plot stuff and the things I was that trying happened to, in the episode. I was trying yeah, to, yeah, and then you Just me the off. last thing that I was going to say on Justin's point, I do think an instance where it worked really well, what they were trying to do with the show, was when Nakia was doing the tour around the different groups in, I want to say, episode two. And she's like, there's the Illuminantes and there's these other groups. Like, that does yeah. show off uh, these pieces of cultures so in a very 
fun way that ties into the plot of the show Love and what that. is going on in balance of this. That's hard to do. It's not going to happen every uh, yep. time out of the gate, but I think that's what you're wanting as something that is more preferable in terms of balancing all those elements. hundred percent. All right. Well, let's move on to the plot. Pete, take it away. What were you most right, excited great. about? Well, in the I was just going to say uh, something that wasn't awkward and was really nice was the grandma hug that we got. We finally got to see her in person, not just a close up of her eyeball, but this adorable kind of like uh, a really cool greeting and the difference between her hug and then her mom's hug. I mean, you know, that's that's explored throughout the episode. And it's uh, like you always say about grandmas, right, Pete? The eyeball is great, but the body is better. Oh, wow. (laughs) I've never said that, but thank you for putting that out there. I feel like I've heard you say that a bunch of times. You have children. Well, I've heard like when you talk about grandmas, like when it comes to grandmas, uh, if you're not hugging, you're bugging. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure, sure. That's a that's your one. that's the t-shirt you wear off. <laughs> I did, despite everything that we said just before, I did really like the family drama stuff here, and I think it's because yeah. the actors are so charming. The mom is adorable this episode. Yeah, this is great. One of my absolute favorite scenes of the episode, which really didn't tie into the superhero stuff at all is the payoff for her loving toffee and just sitting there yeah. eating uh, the toffee and giving it to Kamala. Toffee, Kamala eating like, like, toffee? Come on. Yeah. I could yeah, feel was, it on my own teeth. Yeah, I was like, such a great scene. And so cute. Yeah, really good. Uh, just really good relationships between everybody. That was the thing that I really felt like, despite the fact that most of the cast was off this week, it really crisped for me just – it felt like they hit a rhythm in terms of the show catching up to how charming Amon Vellani is, that everybody yeah. felt like they were on the same wavelength this episode, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree. Like, the the whole thing was about, even into the uh, the Red Dagger stuff, that was a family. It had, like, a family energy yeah. to it as well. So, it, like... Though it did feel like um, everything was sort of operating tonally uh, similarly, even though there was like a huge action, action sequence in the middle. An amazing, what very long, think about very the Red Dagger? He is a character directly from the comics. We got to see him right. in a little bit of a different way here. Uh, but Pete, what did you think about him? Do you like Red Dagger? Do you ship Red Dagger and Miss Marvel more well, than Well, I mean, well, hold up with the shipping, you know, because we still got our boy uh, who's, you know, the brains of this operation. Bruno. He's back. We don't talk uh, about Bruno. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't talk about uh, Bruno. But I think it's one of those things where – uh, it was a meet cute. It was adorable. It, it was nice to have like somebody who's also kind of like newly into a vigilante lifestyle that like she can kind of team up with. So, uh, and it really was beneficial for her to kind of get this education, especially on different maps. Like, I mean, you know, really it's really uh, opening your eyes to uh, different worlds that are all around us. You know what I mean? Do you think we have a, a 3D love triangle here, a love pyramid? Going mm, potentially with Red Kamala. Dagger, Cameron, and Bruno. Yeah, could be. I mean, that's a lot. Of, that's a that's lot. A lot. Of I mean, competition. You know. Yeah, sure is. I just to jump back to the fight for a minute. I really like that fight. I think that was actually my favorite fight scene in the episode, more than the chase scene, honestly. Uh, but halfway through, I was like, wow, she's really leveled up. I guess we've gone past the training sequence stuff, and then she yeah. threw the knife and missed him. 
And I was like, oh, okay. she, she's just still kind of doing this on instinct. Very fun bit. Really like that. And one thing that I, I do think they're doing well is like her sort of wardrobe is coming together at the same time her power set and her uh, skill yeah. is, which I think is cool. Even in this episode from the moment you just talked about, Alex, it was cool to the fight at the end of the episode. She's like getting it together. Mm-hmm. The whole uh, nobody likes the outfit line was fun. You know. That was fun. And in case people don't know what you're talking about, Justin, she gets that vest, which has the colors and like general scheme of her outfit from the comics, but obviously isn't a superhero costume yet. At this point, I know on my vision board last episode was I want to see her in the costume already. I feel like we're Before really, the last step. Yeah. Last yeah step, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> maybe end bit, of next step. A little bit. But, uh, maybe. Oh, well. But also like, you know, what's fun about Marvel shows is everybody loves a vest. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that is uh, the most fun thing about Marvel shows. Uh, a lot of people just talk about how cool vests are. I mean, if you're yeah. not into the vest scene, you probably shouldn't watch Marvel shows. If you're not vesting, I'm detesting. That's a, <laughs> that's what you say, Pete. Wow, that's what you, you just got say. a machine that cranks those out. It's my brain. That's my brain's energy. <laughs> uh, here's a really wonky thing we probably need to talk about or probably don't need to talk about, but certainly it's something that I was thinking about a lot during the explanation sequence from Red Dagger's boss, dad? I don't know, whoever he was. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he was talking about <laughs> well, uh, whatever he was. The yeah. Nord Dimension, which we got a little bit about this the, in the previous episode, he was specifically talking about it as a dimension of light, where these uh, beings we call Jinn come from, and if they come through, they'll destroy the entire world. That's all the information we already knew, but it bugged me is probably the wrong word, but like annoyed me a little bit that we're now talking about dimensions, which, in case it isn't abundantly clear, are different from universes. Like, we have these alternate yeah. universes that we're dealing with in Multiverse of Madness, but the way that I understand it, the way that I, th- I think it works, and the way people could probably wrap their brains around it is like how Doctor Strange in the first movie talked about the mirror dimension, the dark dimension and all these things, you essentially have like these stack of dimensions that are going on. You got the Marvel universe, you got the door dimension, the dark dimension, the mirror dimension, all that stuff. And then alternate universes also potentially have that. So there's an alternate universe there with another door dimension, another dark dimension, et cetera, et cetera. Does that seem about Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I agree with you well, it's just – it feels like in a MCU where it's like, let's make sure we're all locked into place with everything we got going on. It feels weird to be moving in two different sort of multiversal dimensions, like mm-hmm. uh, where both of these things – it's like, can we just make those sort of one thing? It's basically the same explanation of what it is and like what the – bad guys want to do but it feels like i'm like this is i have to find the differences and literally i've trained my whole life to know what this is but i'm like i'm still like a little <laughs> what, lost. what are you talking can't about they someone. showed you in the maps it was all in the maps that's why they used the different colors and all the cool stuff it was they laid it all right. out for but the issue that we're talking about here is the nord dimension is not an alternate universe like in right. dr strange and multiverse of madness he goes that's through a, a separate bunch of idea alternate separate universes. movie but but what I'm saying is like the it's such a small difference like the multiverse you sort of punch through and then you're in another place and like right. that's it it's like a doorway with the way they're describing the neuro dimension it's like we one can just overwrite another one it can sort of lay over it uh, almost like and you the know deleting a line key. of text right so like that's like 
similar but distinctly different as a threat and as like a danger like in from we're not worried about another kamala coming through from the neural dimension at least not yet worried about all these people coming through and overwriting their universe when literally the whole problem with the multi the worry of the multiverse is like oh some evil version of x character is going to come through and cause a problem in our world so it's like two right next door ideas but distinctly different and we're doing them at the same did you, time did you just wake up today like this has been happening in comics i did just wake up today <laughs> throughout all of like there has been this whole different dimensions there's different you know loki's there's sorry, different, sorry to, like sorry to interrupt pete i i just wanted to clarify that i also woke up today okay well, <laughs> great great well welcome guys it's great to have you these aren't new ideas they are these these things that are constantly happening you know what i mean that we're constantly dealing with well and, you and you work on dimensional stacks at work right pete like that's your the, job is sort of yeah, keeping them all yeah. in line Catalog yeah, yeah, you got to kind of catalog them, got to stack them up, got to make sure mm-hmm. nobody's acting up. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's what you say. Stack them up. Don't act them up. Look, you're doing that's the work right. for my bread. <laughs> Man, you got you got some sort of machine over there, Pete. What's going on? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. A uh, couple of other things I wanted to throw out there, just little Easter eggy things. So Karachi and in a different way, but this whole thing is actually from issue 12 of the comics. Kamala obviously has a very different origin in the comics, uh, but still goes there to explore her heritage. Also, a fun little note, I think they've done this in either every episode or most episodes now. There's a hidden QR code above the guy mm. who's taking the picture of her. Uh, in the market, and if you scan the QR code, you get a free copy of issue 12, which is very fun. Oh, wow. And let's just say, like, that's awesome. I love yeah. that as a thing. Like, it's a great way to actually nuts and bolts harken back to the source material in a way that I just haven't seen before, and I think it's so smart. Yeah, it's great, and they also make it, like, nice and large. They did the same thing. Uh, they may have done it before, but they definitely did it in Moon Knight over a course of a couple of episodes, and it's really fun. I do it in every single one. Do it all the time. It's such a good thing to do. Uh, there was the mural of Ant-Man at the train yeah. station. There was another name yeah. there that I missed, but it gave a shout-out to Adrian Alfana, who has drawn Miss Marvel a bunch. So that was very cool. Uh, at last little Easter egg I'll mention, when they ask Iman Vellani whether... Uh, when they ask uh, Kamala whether she's Canadian, she's like, hey, I'm not Canadian. Amon Vellani is Canadian. So that's a little bit of the joke there. But very cute. Wow. B- huge right. burn. Uh, things I want to kind of go through and talk about. Uh, love the line, the beauty in the pieces, you know, uh, this kind of philosophy of like, you got to enjoy the ride. you got to enjoy where you are. Uh, as far as like grandma uh, pep talks, so that, that was it was nice. It was a really kind of a, a well done uh, kind of moment there. I thought that was a fun bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think the daggers kind of like hideout game line was really fun and a fun kind of yeah. like way that she was kind of like, oh, this is your family. This is kind of like how you roll. So it was nice that. We didn't have to have a thing we see all the time where two good guys fight and then they get tired and they're like, oh, wait, we're on the same side. It was nice to kind of have these two people, even though they did have that fun fight sequence, kind of open up to each other. and We didn't have to go through like a lot of that. So I I appreciated that uh, very much. Uh, One one thing I want to mention real quick is I do like that. Uh, one of the themes that feels like it's emerging here is just the way we fight over borders and barriers, which is something that um, 
is not uh, not natural. Like it feels like it's like disputes over borders and barriers and then family units, which is something like that is like borderless. A family is something that like we're always together. We're not going to draw a line between us. And then all these other lines that we draw, whether it's the newer dimension or um, the stuff, the partition stuff we're probably going to get into next episode. So I think that's really cool. I just want it to be a little more explicit. Um, the other thing um, that I think we should talk about is there's well, always a guy with, there's always a guy with a guitar at the campfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy was getting into it. Have you ever been that guy or do you like that guy? I know we're both basically talentless when it comes to music. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of the, of uh, the animal house uh, kind of belief where if you see somebody doing that, you pick that guitar out of their hand and then you smash it against something and then hand it back to them very nicely. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely the guy who's going to eat the biryani in a bag. I bet that's delicious. Uh, oh, yeah. No yeah. doubt. No, that looked there. legit. That sauce must be so intensely yeah. good. And <laughs> I love all the food talk in this episode, too. The whole thing oh, about Chinese when restaurant we... and Red Dagger razzing her about, like, oh, did you guys ruin Chinese food as well? Very funny yeah. because we did. We totally did. Yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting, Justin, that you bring up these kind of like hard lines, not only that families have, but also the borders that we're kind of dealing with and dimensions and stuff like that. Um, One thing that their family uh, is okay with is eating old candy way past its expiration. You know, those hard toffees are, you know, in a lot of other families, maybe they would just be like, you know what, let's go to the market and get some fresh toffee. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes when families are split apart by historic events like the partition, they can't just go to the market and get new toffee. They need to go to a new market in a new place. Right, Pete? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're wondering, hashtag, where's toffee? (laughs) Don't cross the streams. Different podcast. That partition scene at the end was scary and upsetting. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. I mean, as it's supposed to be, but the way they shot that I thought was so good and the way it slowly opened up in terms of Kamala experiencing what's going on there. um, Really, really well done. Really upsetting to see. And I'm curious how hard they're going to hit it from an emotional level next episode. I'm going to guess pretty hard. I Uh, think so, especially that may be why in the watching the series as a whole, this episode was sort of like, so nice and positive and like really letting the visual of Karachi uh, tell its own story because we're going to juxtapose it with the sort of the very scary stuff we see at the end of the episode. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out to, I loved how like at the start of the huge, amazing chase scene that we got, like the villain just shows up and yells surprise. And then it's completely on from then on. That was just such a cool, fun uh, choice there that I, I think if you have like villains like that using them that way is, is fun. What did you think about damage control? Uh, totally, very quickly getting punked in the middle of there. And- well, that was a crazy damage prison. control has a supermax prison. Yeah, is, I don't know. what's going on. I'm not sure. They're, we, like we talked about in the last episode, I feel like they're just using damage control as a catch-all for literally anything at this point. And the fact that they're like, okay, let's take these prisoners through a tunnel with one, two guys to watch them doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, no, doesn't make sense. Their, their capture last episode and their escape this episode, I was like, is damage control like a weird joke like it is in the comics? Because then why do they have, like, a supermax prison and all this sort of FBI, CIA energy uh, that they're sort of putting out there? The whole thing is a little confusing, and I do hope we get some clarity on that. 
Yeah. Speaking of which, why don't we move to our vision board and talk about what we want to see in the next episode. Pete, you want to take it away? What's on your vision board for episode five? All right. It's more Nanny. And I just think that like we didn't get enough of her and like her experience with the bangle and stuff. So I'm hoping we're getting some like sick uh, flashback fight sequences with her, uh, you know, and then maybe brought to the present where we can see her whoop a little ass too, because, you know, if her legs hurting, it's probably because she was karate kicking people in the face. Would you say that she is bananas good? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what I would say. Oh, okay, great. That's, I took the words right out of his mouth. Yeah, uh, um, yeah I, I think um, this is the episode where we get a lot of the information in sort of the the normal Marvel run of things. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I mentioned this before, but I think locking in on these themes and getting the getting sort of the characters' real emotional takes on them, I think, is is what I want to see. The big thing that I want to see slash don't want to see because I think it's going to be hard to watch. But like I just said, I I really want to see them go hard and not shy away from uh, partition and what's going on there. You know, certainly they can use the superhero stuff and Aisha stuff as a backdrop and everything. But as we were comparing Moon Knight and Miss Marvel a little bit earlier, I was pretty critical of the way Moon Knight used Jewishness in a similar episode. I think it was episode five there as well, where I felt like they just kind of skirted it and shied away from it. It wasn't clear exactly what they were going for. So if they're going to bring in Partition, which they have, hit it hard. Make us feel something. You know, after five episodes of fun, four episodes of fun travelogue, really like throw it in our faces how bad this was and how bad this can get. And then let, you know, Kamala take that going forward into the final episode. I'm really curious to see how they hit it. And for all of you, if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel, the MCU, Miss Marvel, whatever. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Comic Book, excuse me, at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also do at Comic Book Live. That's fine. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. If it's not marvelous, it's a little frivolous. Mm. (laughs) Medium. Medium success. (laughs) 